Hey, thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Dylan Krause. So there is such a thing as the Spartan Race Ultra Beast thing. Some of the people in here are doing it this year. There's another thing called the Spartan Beast that a bunch of people are doing this year. It's awesome. But I just want to let you all know that there's another thing called the Spartan Death Race. <laughs> and I ain't never doing that, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay, so the, the year I did a 30, I did like a 30-mile Ultra Beast, which was insane and deadly and I almost, I got, I probably was very close to hypothermia and probably would have died if it wasn't for a French guy who gave me a windbreaker. Thank God. Seriously. Oh, my gosh. You know what's so awesome about this? This is totally goes along with what I'm saying. Because um, the whole race, like, so you start the race at, like, s- I, we got up, what, babe, at, like, 3.30 or something like that. And then we had, I might have my oatmeal. And, you know, like, you just got to have oatmeal if you're going to run for, I don't know. But I put honey on it. And. And you got to, like, be able to have energy for, you know, 11 hours if you're going to be out in the rain and cold all day long and climbing mountains. So, oh, gosh. Pray for Isaiah, guys. Pray for Isaiah. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Oh, Holy Spirit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Look it up. Look it up. Anyway, so, and so we start the race, and I'm talking to this guy, and, you know, I, like, if you don't know me, if you've never been anywhere with me like a retreat or whatever then you don't know this but I'm like ultra prepared okay like I like to have everything that I need all the time and Katie knows this because the very first time we met she made fun of me because we were going on a week-long trip to Nova Scotia Canada for our orientation of ministry school and I'm like it's like a 30-hour road trip to get there and we drove a car into the ditch on the way, and it was just crazy. But anyway, so I'm like, I'm pulling like my big Pullman suitcase, you know, like a big duffel bag with wheels and the whole deal. And I've got like seven pairs of shoes because I don't know what kind of activities we're going to be doing. So I need to have my shoes for all kinds of stuff, right? Am I right? Come on, Caleb. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So Katie walks up the, the sidewalk out front in church, and she's got a backpack. And she's like, where are you going? I'm like, we're going like on a week big like trip what's that it's my backpack you pack like a freaking girl <laughs> it's like first time i met her very first time i met her okay and she's like this punk chick she's got like black under dyed hair and like she was nuts yeah. uh, and i was like yeah w- i was trying to be i don't even know she's bring it back I w- she calls me a preppy kid but she doesn't even know about nothing like that i mean I might have looked the part, but I was not a preppy kid. Yeah, so what? I paid for that thing myself. My mom and dad didn't buy me nothing, all right? I paid for that joker and drove around a Mustang. That's fine if you pay for it yourself. It's fine if your parents buy it for you, too. I just wasn't that guy, okay? I wasn't Ahmad, whatever his name is, who got a freaking Porsche Boxster when he turned 16 years old. Oh, my gosh. I was ready to, like, take that kid behind the woodshed, if you know what I mean. It was ridiculous. I'm like, come on. Are you serious? Your parents bought you a Porsche? If your parents bought you a Porsche, go- God bless you. I'm, I've grown. I've just decided that I've, I'm going to grow right now. Uh, drives you crazy. But anyway, hey, how many of you guys are saving up for a car right now? God bless you. Do it. Might as well start. I put, 
I put money on my, under my mattress for years, for years. Cash money. Saving it. Don't hide it there anymore. I have a bank account. Thank you very much. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Wow. So back to the Spartan race story. So I'm like doing the Spartan race, and of course, like I'm like decked out. You know, I've got like I've got my whole three-liter water bottle, like Camelback thing, full of like this high-tech tailwind nutrition minerals stuff. It's supposed to keep me going all day, and I'm not supposed to have to eat anything, and yada yada yada. You have this bag drop that you can do where you put like this 30-quart tub halfway through the race that you can have. Like I had like shoes. Like the day before, I've you can check my Instagram and like you can kind of follow the progression of it a couple years back. But it's like all of my junk is spread out over our like sunroom, and I'm just like what the heck should I bring? I can only fit it into this little tiny box, and I have to decide what's going to come and what's not going to come. So I had like six different kinds of knives, another pair of shoes, had Katie boil some potatoes and cover them in oil and salt. That was the best decision I ever made. And um, anyway, but so I'm like ultra prepared. And then, so we're racing. We start at 6 a.m. It's dark, and we start hiking up this 7,000-foot mountain. Yeah, it was really cold. It rained all night, and I didn't sleep. And but I did have oatmeal with honey on it, and so I was prepared. And so anyway, we we start racing, and me me and this guy named Isaiah, <coughs> not this Isaiah, but another guy named Isaiah, or that Isaiah, dang. And uh, this guy was like, he was like, I'm like in, uh, you know, I have shorts on, but I have like wool everything, like wool socks, wool underwear, wool long sleeve shirt, like wool like high-tech beanie hat on because it's cold and I'm like scared to die so anyway I'm like decked out this guy is in shorts and sneakers and that's it that is it he doesn't have a camelback he doesn't have any water he doesn't have any food I certainly doesn't have a shirt it's cold it's Vermont we're in Vermont in like on Mount Killington going to the top and to the bottom and to the top and to the bottom and to the top and to the and we're just go doing this all day long Okay, so I'm talking to him for a little bit and everything, and then I find out the guy has just ridden his bicycle from Texas to get to the race. To get to the race. He rode his bicycle from Texas. Not only that, but he raced, he raced the regular beast race the day before. Okay. What? Four, okay, it took her four... Oh, yeah, old people. It's as bad as, like, babies, you know? They got to stop and pee every 20 minutes. <laughs> old people. So, anyway, this guy, I don't know how many, it took him months, but he, like, he call, contacted Joe Decina, the founder of Spartan Race, and uh, he said, if I do this, you got to pay for my race because I can't make it any other way. He said, all right, well, if you make it the whole way, I'll pay for it. So, it was game on. So so I'm like finding this out like you know and I'm in my like wool undies like looking at him like man I paid fifty dollars for these underwear you don't even got a t-shirt on bro <laughs> what the heck <laughs> and uh, anyway so I'm like hearing about this and then he says yeah and I got eighth place in the elite heat yesterday at the beast I was like what yes he ran he dr rode his bicycle from Texas. Then raced the beast race, the 13-plus mile race the day before, which I'd done the year before. and But no way was I going to do it the day before, the ultra beast. And he's just like, we're just like 10th and 11th place the whole day, me and him. Just racing the elite heat, going back and forth, passing each other back and forth. 
But we get about like 10 miles in, you know, and he's like, hey, what you got in that camelback? And I'm like, it's your own darn fault, man, that you came here with no T-shirt, no wool underwear, and no freaking, you know, camelback. It's not my fault, but of course, I didn't do that, you know. That's what I'm like. Well, I didn't even think about it until I ran out of water. So I give this guy my backup bottle of water, right? And I'm like, yeah, this is, this is great. I'm so pumped that I get to help this gnarly, insanely crazy individual finish this race right now. I'm so proud of him. You know, and I give him my extra bottle of water that I had packed in my bag. And then I ran out. I ran out of water. It was terrible. And so we get to the next, uh, like, station, whatever, like, uh, obstacle or whatever that was set up. And I asked the guys, they have like this 40, like stacks of like the 40 packs of water bottles that we have at the re retreats and stuff. And I'm like, hey, can I get one of those waters? And they're like, are you in the elite heat? And I was like, yeah. They're like, no. I was like, come on, you're killing me right now. He's like, sorry, dude, if we help you, you're disqualified. I was like, ah. And so then I've got this guy from Texas over here going, bro, you don't need water. It's all right, man. It's just in your head. I'm like, no, I freaking need water because you drank my other water. <laughs> Anyway, I'm over it. I'm totally over it. I mean, the guy is nuts. That is crazy. So anyway, yes. So anyway, I get to my, my little, like, box. Sorry. I'm getting there. <laughs> so I get to, like, my little aid box thing halfway through, and I eat my, like, salted potato, and it was great. It was so good. The biggest mistake I made was sitting down. I realized this the other day because I got like totally cramped up in my like my all my quad just like landed right here in an eight ball. And I was like <laughs> crushing it, trying to get my legs to work again. And um, so and I'm sitting there and I gave him more of my water because I had a whole gallon jug in there, of course, and, and all that stuff. And I gave him one of my potatoes and I give him all this stuff. And then he passes me and I'm like, oh, gosh, this is ridiculous. And so. Yada, yada, yada. We keep going. And I get to, like, mile, like, 17 or 18, and we get to the water. And it's Vermont, and it's cold. And then we have to get in the water, which is a terrible idea. And it's windy. And so it's even worse idea. And my wool specialty clothing items aren't keeping me warm anymore because it's windy. And so I get out of the water, and I'm, like, literally, uh, Katie packed me these, like, those hand warmer things that you use when you're hunting or whatever, or whatever you use them for. I don't know. I, hunters use them. And so I'm, like, trying to open the package, and I'm like this. I, I literally, you know how when you, like, go skiing and you can't move your fingers because you're too cold? I could not open the little, like, tear here. Here's a little notch for you to tear. I'm like. <laughs> right? <laughs> Seriously. And so, and so I just, I totally, like, am dying, like, literally, and, like, there's no way, I can't, I can't finish, like, this is crazy, I can't even open the thing that's supposed to save my life right now, and here comes Mr. Sebastian, or I forget his name right now, something super French, <laughs> something very French, and this guy, and he's, he's French-Canadian, and he comes over to me, oh, man, I can't do a French accent, anybody here speak French? Seriously? Anyway, I don't either. I took four years in high school, but you're too cold, man. You're too cold, he said. And, and anyway, I know. I said I couldn't do it. Anyway, hey, that's good. Yeah, insert French accent, like emoji French flag. And he says, you're too cold, man. You're too cold. 
And then he takes off his jacket, his windbreaker, right? That's key, windbreaker. Takes off his windbreaker, and he has to put it on me. Like, he had to take my camel back off. He had to put the jacket on me. I couldn't move. Like, I was frozen. And so, no, you can't, you can't do that. You can't let circumstances affect your decisions in life. It just can't happen. So, <laughs> so all that to say, giving the gifts that I had given earlier paved the way for me to receive the gift from Frenchie. Which is perfect. No. Gosh, I feel really bad. We, like, stayed in touch and stuff afterwards and, and sent pictures of the race and everything. No, I don't know. I don't know. He's my Facebook friend. I'll tell you next time we come together or something, maybe. Anyway. Um, yes. Anyway, okay, so that, like, paves the way. Like, I can forego all this other intro stuff because what I really want to talk about is giving and receiving gifts, right? And isn't it interesting, like, like the Bible or whatever, it talks about, like, give and it will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, more than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. Okay, it's like that's a combination of a couple of scriptures, but give and it will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together. And it's just incredible to me that, like, we, we are in this season where everybody's, like, giving and everybody's excited to give and everybody's excited to what, like, receive gifts to, right? And it totally, like, encompasses this story of, I mean, wh why, we, why do we give gifts anyway? What started this whole thing? Little baby Jesus was all like. <laughs> there, I said it. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. No, like, like, yeah. Okay, so the, the wise men came and they brought baby Jesus some gifts, right? Wait, was that the first gifts that were given for Christmas? Right? Not necessarily. Jesus was the first gift that was given. I know, Tyler, I, he I hear you. Jesus was the first gift that was given on Christmas. And it was God's gift that was given to us in his son that was actually the first gift of Christmas that was given. And it's just, it's just awesome. Ben says this, like, better than anybody, so I'm going to defer to him on this. But it's, like, it's, it's amazing. Like, you can say, you know, wow, yeah, we got a baby Jesus. That's so cool. What's that mean? Like, because, you know, there's like 25,000 babies that are born every single day in the world, right? So, like, what makes Jesus so special? You know? Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Sounds like a script, but what does it mean? What? Come on. Come on, preach, Eliana. Seriously. That's why he died on the cross. He came to die. Come on. Girls got it. That's what it's all about. That's the light inside of you shining, Eliana. Don't ever, ever put it out. That's so dope. Um, but so, like, there was all these prophecies, right, that were, like, spoken about Jesus, that he would be a Nazarene, and that he'd be born in Bethlehem, and that he would be a seed of David, and he would come down from the throne of David. And it's in Isaiah chapter 9. You can check it out. It's in, the, like, the middle of your Bible. But there's so many prophecies, Ben, this is where I need you, that they actually say that there's a statistic, whatever, that, like, if 
Jesus, if there was supposed to be like um, all of these prophecies coming true about one person, the probability of that happening in history would be like filling the state of Texas with quarters, quarters, knee high, like knee to shin high. It doesn't matter. You could lay them flat on the ground for all I care. Texas is gigundous. Reaching in randomly, picking a spot, going to El Paso or wherever you, where were you from? Houston. Okay, so send a family member to Houston and wherever else you were all from. How many people are in your family? Like your, your immediate family. Four. Okay, so you got four chances. We're talking about, so five total. We're talking about five chances. I'll give you five. But it's, this is like going Texas. Have you ever been to Texas? Okay, anybody in here from Alaska? No, then we can just say that Texas is huge because everybody from Alaska has got smack to talk about Texas because they're really the biggest state. Whatever, I had a roommate from Alaska. It is what it is. And, and reaching into that pile of quarters and pulling one out and, and it like there's only one that has like a dot on it and you found the right one. Blindfolded. See, I messed it up. I told you I would. Is that crazy? This is the probability of Jesus fulfilling all of these promises, like by chance. Filling the state of Texas with quarters all the way up to your kneecap if you're like, you know, an average 5'7", five, 5'9", five, whatever. Maybe not like a Kevin Oakley kneecap because, you know, it's just, that's a lot more quarters. Let's just be honest. It's a lot more quarters. And reaching in there and pulling it out and going, I've got the golden ticket. I, I mean, that's like... Insane odds, insane probability. Yeah, seriously, like the Gaga pit. I dare you. Like, I mean, I get to keep all the quarters if you do it. That's all I'm saying. All right. <coughs> yeah, we'd be super rich. So, okay, cool. So God said that that Jesus would come. He would be a Nazarene. He'd be from the da- David's throne. He'd be all these things, and then it happened. Awesome. Cool, right? That's impressive. Like, I didn't even, I, if that was on Ripley's Believe It or Not, I probably wouldn't even believe it. That's just wild. But, I mean, it's like God, right? Okay, so some of the things, like this theme that we're doing this, this month, it's a wonderful life. Um, it makes me think about the obvious, the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. We keep asking this, but how many of you have seen it? It's a Wonderful Life. Watch it in black and white. Watch it in black and white. Just saying, just saying. Watch it if you haven't watched it. Um, but, like, some of these great Christmas movies, It's a Wonderful Life, like the, A Christmas Carol. How many of you guys are into that one? Is that to freak you guys out? Maybe a little bit. Scrooge, right? Yeah. And some, and actually a lot of them, even Elf, now that I think about it. Even Elf, Elf. Who's seen Elf? Okay, a lot more uh, participation there. Uh, amen. Still, I'm looking for whoever of you stole my Elf DVD. You can return it anonymously, and I won't uh, say anything to the Lord about it, okay? Just saying. I cannot find it. Yes. Yeah, he knows, right? He already knows. Good point. No, you don't. But one of these amazing things that all these great Christmas movies do is they bring you to a point of awareness, Okay, and it's like in the It's a Wonderful Life, this guy, George Bailey, he thinks he's got this terrible life, and then all this stuff happens, and crap hits the fan, so to speak, and, 
And like all of this community comes around him to support him in the midst of it. And like there's this line in the movie that says, no one is a failure who has friends, you know? And it just makes him appreciate all of the friendships that he has in his life and the people that he's actually cared for his whole life, you know, make like come around him and support him. And Elf, you know, it's like this hardworking business dad father. And some of you guys have experienced this in your own lives where it's like dad's just too busy to give you the time of day. And he's just like working, 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 working. And then Buddy the Elf, your, you know, lost son shows up and wants to eat like sugar plums and make snow angels, you know, all day long. And then we're going to cuddle, you know, and you're like, uh, you're a freak. Get out of my face. See you later. Bye. And, you know, goes to the very extremes of buying you lingerie for your Christmas present. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense, but it's in the movie, and it's kind of funny when it happens. Uh, oh, Christmas, Graham? I want one. And, you know, it's just like, how can you hate this guy? Like, everybody, everybody loves him except for his dad, you know? And <coughs> thanks, Dad. And it comes down to the point where it's like this decision time for him. Is he going to become aware and receive this gift or is he going to stay hard-hearted about it and miss the opportunity, stay ungrateful and miss the opportunity? Okay, and I just want to say, like, <clears throat> that we have such an opportunity, such a gift that has been given to us in the Son of God coming. And it's imperative. It's the biggest deal, the biggest deal for us to be aware of it and grateful for it. Okay, he has given us one thing, one thing. Like, God says, like, that... Uh, it's the gift of God. Repentance is the gift of God. And the, the, the uh, salvation from sin and death is the gift of God, right? Gifts are what? When your grandma gives you a, a gift, like, you know, she knits you a sweater. She, like, gives it to you, right? And she's like, okay, that'll be three easy payments of thirty nine ninety five. No, grandma does not do that to you. Grandma's like, do you like it? Do you want another one? And you have to be really careful because, you know, the sweater, if it's like, well, I love it, but you know what I really need is uh, a container for my Matchbox cars next time, you know? And then you don't have to, like, be seen wearing it. You got to be really strategic about the way that you say things to Grandma, okay? You know what I'm saying? Or you get so many more sweaters, and she's going to ask you, so why aren't you wearing your sweater? Just saying. I'm just, that's just a little piece of advice. A little piece of advice, just saying. If we are aware of what something has cost someone, it changes the way that we receive it. Okay? If we're aware of what something's cost someone, it'll change the way we receive it. Have you ever given a gift that was like, like you put everything into it, and then you give it to somebody, and they're like, oh, cool. This is really a nice gift. Come, you know, is that anybody? Yes. Yes, right? And it's like heart-wrenching. You're like, but, like, I, I sweat and blood and tears I put into that or whatever, you know? Or, like, maybe you work, like, maybe you work super part-time and it's, like, a big deal for you to buy a $5 gift, you know? Like, if you're under 13 or 14, it's probably the reality because nobody's going to hire you at, like, 13, Still having that problem at 15. <laughs> Whatever. Times are changing, I guess. <coughs> but, guys, if we, if we are, like, if, if that person is super aware, if they've seen you slaving away, like, you know, if, 
if I know that, um, I'm trying not to use Tyler and Ben because they're the obvious choice in here. <laughs> Me and Karsten. Car- where's Karsten? He's not even here. No. Okay, well, Karsten is my son all of a sudden. And <laughs> I see him, like, saving his pennies and, like, putting together, like, his his money in a Ziploc bag or under his mattress, for instance, you know? And, and like, he's got this whole thing or, like, you know, like all this money saved up and he wants this thing really bad and instead he goes to the store and he buys me a gift with it. I'm not going to be like, <laughs> you know, whatever, that, I, that was going to go bad, sorry. Like just like, okay, whatever, I don't care about that because I've seen what it's cost him, right? We've got to be aware of what this has cost God. What, is this, what, what did this cost Jesus and how willing he was to give it up on our behalf? All right, really quick, really simple. Romans 6, 23 says that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift, say free gift, free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is, that's nuts. The free gift of, of God is eternal life in, in Christ Jesus our Lord. Look, why is that such a big deal? Because no one else could have saved us. Charles says that this, this one line is so awesome. He says that the enemy of all is most. The biggest enemy of all is most. And so you could have, you know, like Gandhi, for instance, committed his life to service, committed his life to, like, laying himself down for others, committed his life to peace and all these great things, right? But Gandhi himself would tell you that he wasn't perfect. And Jesus could have come, and he could have made one little mistake. He could have done one little thing wrong. He could have had sin just one time, and it would have not been enough of an offering for him to lay down his life for us. But instead, he, with, o- with obedience unto death and in joy over his delight in you, say his delight in me and point at yourself, his delight in me. That's what that verse means when it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. That like when he actually was suffering and going through the things that he went through, the reason we're celebrating this season, when he came as a gift for us, that he had you in mind. Like that he was sent here with Marissa in mind. That he was sent here with Aureli in mind. That he was sent here with Caleb's in mind. All of them, everywhere. And he said, this is who I delight in. This is, these are the ones who I will lay everything down for. This is what's so worth me giving it all. So It's so worth me giving it all. And in James um, chapter 1, verse 17, oh, shoot, wrong password. It says this, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Say, Father of lights. I love that line. I just like, that's so dope. You pass the candles around and everything. It's just like, man, this is who our God is. With whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. What does that mean? That kind of sounds weird. Like, like that there is no darkness in him at all. Like, there is no dark side. There is no, Luke, I am your father. No, there is none of that. I mean, Luke, he's the father of whoever you are, wherever you are. But it's not. It's not, there's no darkness in him at all. And it says in John chapter 1, verse 18. Sorry, I've got all these different forms of Bible going on here. 
No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, that sounds extreme, has declared him. Nestled, nestled in to God. No one has seen God at any time, but the one Son of God who's come to declare him, to reveal what he's like. Guys, this is so awesome. God didn't just give us a gift of a free get out of get out of sin jail free card. Okay? He gave him him he gave us himself. He gave us himself. Now, why does that matter? Because if God just gave you a get out of sin jail free card, it'd be a one-time thing. All right, done deal. I'm good to go. And you'd go on living your life. And sometimes you know people, and maybe you've struggled with this yourself, and you come to church and you have a great encounter with God on a retreat, you have a great encounter with God at the beach or at a youth night or whatever, or you've had a great encounter with God on a Sunday morning, and you go, okay, sweet, I've given my life to God, and now I'm, I'm good to go. And then things get dim, and like you don't feel as passionate, and you're not full of fire anymore, and what's happening? Well, look, guys, that was never the purpose. I mean, it was the purpose, don't get me wrong, but it was never the totality of it. Most is the greatest enemy of all. God came as his son so that he could give us himself so that we would know where we came from, so we would know how to live, so we could know who we are and live our life in the abundance of being sons and daughters of the living God. Okay? It's not just about getting out of sin, getting out of, getting out of hell free. It's just not about that. It's not, I mean, like I said, it's, that's not the total. That's not the finish line. We're called to be transformed into his likeness daily. We're called to walk like our God, talk like our God. Some of the best things that like we've heard in history, preach the gospel everywhere you go, and when necessary, use words. We're called to look like him, taste like him, be the salt of the earth, be the light of the world, right? Like that was the whole point of us doing these candles is that we become aware of how much God we have inside of us. How much love, how much mercy, how much grace, how much power to heal, restore, give life, encourage, lift up, like restore the brokenhearted, like bring life and dreams back to people who are just totally crushed and depressed and afraid and alone. You have that power. You have that light inside of you. You have that love inside of you, guys. It wasn't, it wasn't about just crossing over from, okay, I'm, I'm going to be in hell or I'm going to be in heaven, and now I'm in heaven. Woo! I'm a citizen of heaven. Done deal. Sealed and delivered. It is finished. True. Is your journey over? No. Does this, like... So hey, why don't why don't y'all just stand up? I don't know where Tyler is or Katie. Nice. I love it. Babe, are you coming up too? Yeah. Awesome. Hey, just give me your attention really quick. We're just gonna sing <coughs> another song really like, before we get out of here. Now, I want, like, I just want to um, give time for God to come. Like, we come into his presence and for him to kind of make this real to us. Because, I, I mean, you know, like, 
I'm up here talking, and I know it's not perfect, but God can really give you the essence of what I'm talking about in a moment, in an experience with him, okay? And here's the deal. Um, this is not supposed to, this is not meant to be like a pressure thing, like, oh, crap, like, I thought I was done. <laughs> like, I, I, I got saved, and I'm, I'm a Christian, and that, I thought that was enough. It is enough. This is not a pressure thing. This is not about you being pushed into something you don't want to do. This is an invitation thing in being who you were created to be. This is an invitation into actually living a life that fulfills. This is actually an invitation into a satisfying call that you have already to be a child, an imitator of God. Okay? And that would be a pressure thing if you didn't have what it takes. But guess what? You have what it takes. Because the salvation thing, the get out of hell free card thing, was about restoring you to relationship with God. It was all about connecting you again to your father who could tell you every single day when you wake up, Peyton, you have what it takes. Every single day when you wake up, Jake, you're my son and I love you. I'm so pleased in you. He's the guy who looks like he's like 23. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Kieran, he's, he's the, it's, it's relationships so that you'd wake up in the morning and you'd know that God is so excited about who you are. You think you're hyper. Yeah, right. You should see God when you wake up in the morning. It says that he jumps and spins around over you when you wake up. Your eyes blink open and you're like, oh gosh, whoa, oh my gosh. If you could see what God was doing every morning when you woke up. And it's these encounters in his presence, it's these experiences and these understandings that we come into the knowledge of how much joy, how much delight he has in us that causes us to become aware of the greatness of the gift that we've received. Not just a get out of hell free card, but a relationship with the living God who's our source of life, who's the fire inside of us that actually makes us the light of the world. As he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. Guys, this is everything that you were created to do, your destiny, the longing you have for more. It's all rooted in this thing, that he is the source of your life and that you are called to live in relationship with him. How do I get there? How do I find that place? How do I, how do I become more aware? John chapter 6, 29. This is the work of God that you would believe in the one whom he sent. This is the work of God, that you would believe in the one whom he sent. God, I don't know how to believe better. I don't know how to, I don't know how to do it better. You can start just like this. Coming into a place of worship, saying, God, show me. Show me your face. God, show me how great you are. And like getting into, commanding your spirit even to a place of worship, like we did this song. Oh, Come. Let us adore him. Oh, come, let me become aware, God. Let me become aware of how great you are. Did you catch this? John 6, 29. This is the work of who? This is the work of, of Isaiah. This is the work of, of Kieran. This is the work of Tyler. No. This is the work of God that you would believe in the one whom he sent. How does that work? It means that he gives you grace to believe. It means that he shows you how to believe. It means he actually gives you experiences and encounters with his love. He wakes, up, he wakes you up in the morning with a love song. He wakes you up and like gets you all excited. He tells you that you have what it takes. He is so behind you, so much so that you come to a place of faith. 
that you come to a place of believing he becomes this perfect father to you. It's the work of God that we believe in him. It's even the work of God that we believe in him. He's done it all. He's done it all. So let's just worship and, and just we're just going to be here for maybe five minutes or so. And we're just going to worship Jesus and pray. I pray right now, God, you can hold your hands out or up or whatever you want to do. But God, we just, we ask for your presence right now. We want to come into an awareness of your goodness and your kindness and your love, God. I want to come in, I want to enter into receiving the best gift that was ever given in history, the Son of the living God. I want to come into the awareness of how great it is that you restored me to relationship for my whole life, not just to get out of hell for free, but to actually have a relationship with you, God. That you're there for every situation, every circumstance for me, God. God, we thank you so much for your love. God, thank you so much for the gift of your son. We do. We adore you, God. We pray for grace to become aware, to become grateful, God, of the gift that you gave and what it costs you, God, so that we would receive it with ever greater joy, day in and day out, God, that we would become even more and more aware of the gift of your son, Jesus. Lord, thank you for coming for me. Lord, thank you for coming for each one of us here tonight. Lord, thank you for coming for the world. Pray that this fire, this flame would not go out, God, but it would, it would not be burned out, but it would go out into all the world, go out into our worlds to my everyday life, that people would see the Father of lights in me. People would see the Father of lights in me. As I adore you, God, as I receive the gift, we become a gift. Oh, God, we do. We adore you, God. We adore you, God. We love you, Jesus. Hmm. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, come on. Yeah. God, I just thank you for every, every ounce of fear leaving in your presence. God, I thank you for every sickness leaving in your presence. God, I thank you. For the power that's here right now in this place of worship, God. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.